0: You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to borderlineidealists.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. welcome back to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ. Hi, guys. This is Chris. And we're gonna start off this episode by uh, talking about a idea I had. Um, Another one of those brilliant ideas. I don't know if it's brilliant, Chris. Um, but I know that a lot of people are interested about DBT, and of course, you know I am too. I wish I could afford to go back um, to it. Um, but I am interested in starting a DBT skills group. Um, so that's a, a group where we can study skills together and then report back on how we've used that skill for that week. Um, learning skills, practicing them together, learning them together, and then um, sharpening our, our mm-hmm the the skills that we've learned even more so that we can better cope with BPD. So,
1: yeah. So that's that's essentially kind of like your group therapy sessions that you were doing.
0: Yes, but the group therapy is and and if you go to the
1: webs our website borderlineidealist.com for slash skills with an S at the end. Skills. If you go there, kind of there's a little introduction by me,
0: but it is like that but it's not led by psychiatrists Correct. and well I could get my psychiatry
1: degree like I can lead the
0: discussion <laughs> <laughs> but it's led by a leader so actually I went online and, and tried to look up what it takes to start a DBT skills group um, and you all you need is a leader and a co-leader high co-leader <laughs> I was like, "Chris, you're elected as co-leader, <laughs> and you need a a special a special uh, leader book, which I actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, check, check. And a skills book which I have. So, I think it would be really great. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm an expert or anybody's an expert on the DBT skills, but that we can practice them together and Hopefully, use that to keep each other motivated. So, like right. Chris said, are you are if you are interested, you know, stop by borderlineidealist.com idealist.com slash skills, with an S forward slash S K I L L S, and there's a questionnaire at the bottom of the page. Please fill it out, and we wanted to see how many people are interested, and if it's something that we should be looking forward to doing I mean enough people aren't interested then maybe we can get a small small group together
1: yeah Um, even if it's just I think even if just two or three people show interest I think you would be willing to do because it's a lot of work you know we're gonna have to like plan these out in advance and basically study the like the lesson for the (laughs) for the week or whatever you know so it's if you can if you're interested go to the website and fill out the questionnaire So that we can have a better idea, you know We don't want to go through all this And put out a whole lesson plan Sort of, and then, you know But I do want to have I do want to have a way that um, Maybe people that
0: Cannot afford to go to the group Therapy sessions Or afford to go to DBT um, Right Can have some place to learn And practice, and I think it's important to have it In, I know a lot of our listeners are probably introverts are probably like keep to themselves um oh I think I don't know I think I can see some of you Uh, and it's hard to be in a group atmosphere but that really does help keep you motivated because those are people in the group that understand what you're trying to accomplish from this and we all have the same goal and there's nothing better than having a um somebody else to kind of prop you up so
1: well and this is sort of where it stemmed from this whole idea was because you saw how beneficial that group therapy was and you know talking about it with other people who are dealing with the same things you are essentially and you know and like we said like Ajani said this is not necessarily going to be you know uh with a trained psychologist or anything but it's more of a personal experiences you've gotten to dbt therapy Maybe others have gone too, and they've stopped for similar reasons that we couldn't afford it, basically. Mm -hmm. And you just, you know, you want somebody to practice with so you can keep those skills sharp because it's like everything else. If you don't practice it, you lose it, you know. And if if you don't have a front of mind, then you'll stop doing them less and less. And, you know, even if you are somebody who has
0: finished DBT, um, it's always good to, like, sharpen up your skills and we can learn something
1: from you. So Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) if <laughs> somebody's yeah. like I've done 10 years of DBT <laughs> skills get in here <laughs> but, Like you're yeah. the new leader <laughs> let's move
0: on Chris yeah let's actually
1: com slash skills let's get back to the actual topic of today's episode right what are we talking about so to in this episode we're going to be dealing with devaluation and idealization now idealist <laughs> now we've you know i know you've put out something that um in online about the topic that they wanted to that we were going to discuss but you know today was an eventful day and we thought that you know we can put that in the back burner for next time and this was kind of like something that came up a lot today so you, you know you well, thought that maybe this would be the better topic and i agreed with we you. we can still talk i mean i think
0: that maybe will be our next episode talking about what an fp is or a favorite person mm-hmm. you know somebody that you uh, are really close to and that their opinion matters a lot and
1: well and this without topic,
0: them you can't you feel like you can't survive yeah and right this, this topic
1: can, can impact that favorite person fp mm-hmm. that's so I, I, yeah it'll be a good transition for the next episode i think do you want to define what those two are I would love to. Yay. Okay, so what is idealization, you may be wondering. Some of you may already know. (laughs) So for those who don't, idealization is a psychological or mental process of attributing overly positive qualities to another person or thing. It's a way of coping with anxiety in which an object or a person of ambivalence is viewed as perfect or as having exaggerated positive qualities. Uh, it is common with borderline personality disorder for a person to idealize the friend, family member, or loved one. Um, and they feel intense closeness towards that person in place or, and place them on a pedestal. This can quickly and unpredictably change to an intense anger towards that person, Process, a process that's called devaluation. So before we move on to devaluation, I, I... I feel like we're already there. <laughs> um this is it was funny to me when i was you know when we were doing the prep work for this because i was like wow this is what i talked to you about at the beginning of our relationship do you remember yes Chris. And congratulations <laughs> for you
0: don't idolize me. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Oh my I mean, gosh. you're not that great. Yeah, okay.
1: No, what did you say? You said, you said well, because
0: don't, don't Aaron, think I'm perfect or
1: something? Right, no, because at the beginning of the conversation, <laughs> of our relationship, you were always saying, oh, you're just so perfect, and I love this about you, and you I'm know, so you're, nice. you're so nice, and it's, you're great, and I've never met anyone like you, and oh, blah, blah, blah. I apologize, because no. I didn't know I
0: wasn't supposed to be saying stuff like
1: that. All those key phrases were... Or like, like going that, up no. in my brain. Oh no, watch out! <laughs> wow, <laughs> crazy. Like really crazy. Old. No. I love you. Are you home today? No, no. But but I I had you, in my previous relationships uh-huh. I had dealt with that, and that's something that I've dealt with. It is easy as well.
0: to fall into, and that's why it can turn into obsession because it's just so easy to. At least somebody with BPD right. for me, it, it's easy to just fall in love with somebody that I feel understands me and just see all the all the great things in them. Mm-hmm. I have to resist that sometimes and remind myself that people have faults,
1: but it's it's well, you definitely did not succeed in the beginning. Yeah, it was hurt. <laughs> it was
0: hurtful when you know I, I I'm pretty sure it was hurtful when you know we had our first fight or something and I felt like you were against me. I probably devalued you
1: a lot. Yeah, and oh, I remember and... a couple of our earlier arguments i was like you can't keep doing that like you're putting me on a pedestal i'm not gonna meet every expectation that you set for me because uh i'm a human and i may do things sometimes out of jealousy out of spite out of uh, like lack of interest i don't know whatever you know i sign up for this <laughs> so i was that was something that <laughs> that I had dealt with in my previous relationships, not only from other people, but also from me doing it to other people and It's I'll... easy to fall into yes. and then and then when you look back at like, Oh, fuck. Damn, what right. I do you do? Right, <laughs> right. And so that's why it's not just
0: people with BPD. It's just I... first time love too is pretty pretty bad or you
1: know. Yeah Oh your first love He's like
0: this is gonna last forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on to uh, devaluation so, did you tell people goodness. about the dog in I'm here? I'm sorry, guys, if you hear that in the background, it's um, you know what, he needs I've been taking care of our family dog, and... and I really don't like
0: dogs, but it's, it's this little he's... cute dog called uh named Tyler.
1: Um, how old is Tyler? He is 16 and a half or so. Wow, 16. guys yeah, He's named after my ex boyfriend. No (laughs) kidding. Oh my god. Like, that sucks. No. You remember when we were dating and then. Anyways.
0: um... (laughs) Continue. What? No.
1: Let's move on. Devaluation. Wow. So sorry for that, guys. Okay, so devaluation. (laughs) Psychiatry and psychology. Devaluation is a defense mechanism that is just the opposite of idolatry. So it's used when a person attributes themselves, attributes themselves, an object or another person as completely flawed, worthless, or having exaggerated negative qualities. So does that sound familiar to you? Something that you do sometimes. I like how they said how it says you know, you can attribute this to yourself as well, not just to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. And that's something that you struggle with.
0: I think that's what leads to um, depression. Well, I have a, I have avoidant, like avoidant personality kind of tendencies.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which, this is which all is, self um, what is diagnosis. Self diagnosis. Yes. Well,
0: I mean, I've been diagnosed with BPD, but I can see, you know, I do some avoidant things, which are, you know, stay I stay in. I don't like to talk to people because I don't want to go through the pressure of. Say you know, going wrong. well, thinking that they're they're um, one thing, and then they turn out to be something like like idealization I, and devaluation. If I like go online, and I say something, and then nobody responds. It's really easy for me to get devalued, like like to be like, oh wow, God, I didn't, I suck. Oh my God, mm. and that was that was a big thing with the podcast too. Starting that, I'm, I'm still surprised that we're still doing the podcast because. I would be like, is anybody going to reach out to me? Is anybody alive? Are you listening? are you just numbers counting up? <laughs> <laughs> but we have had people reach out to us. Not all the time, but they do. And sometimes when you post stuff on social media, people respond, people don't. And that actually happens, um, I feel like, frequently in our our Discord. Sometimes we have people show up in our Discord group and just... Uh, just want to say something, uh, get it off their chest, um, and I right. feel I, I feel like I should respond with, with, I guess, I guess advice. But also, if you know, if I if I think of any DBT skills that they can use, or uh, if they just need support, you know, just just saying something that's supportive. But a lot of times when I answer back those people, they don't say. Anything. I think almost like all the time. I think there are like maybe like two or three people that like yeah. respond back to me, and I had to learn how to not take that personally because, at first, I was like, oh wow, so no one in my Discord is—they're just gonna come into the room and not say anything. Okay, they must not like me. I'm not gonna do anything in the Discord. I'm gonna leave here. But, <laughs> and it's just like you know, everyone is different. Everyone's going through their own stuff. Um, they might care about another cause more than they do yours, but you should be. Um, not to devalue myself anymore, but I mean, that could be true, right? I mean, they may care about, uh, uh, Beyonce's new CD, being in Beyonce's group, more than being in the BPD group. I can understand. Um, but yeah, that's something that I had to look at another way. Because when I say stuff, um, in the Discord or the Facebook group and I don't get the reaction, that I'm looking for, that happens in in real life a lot of times. I start taking that out on myself, but I have to remind myself that, you know, everything that I I say and that I do and, you know, create Mm -hmm. is all just kind of like a a pyramid that I'm kind of building up. Um, And I'm sure whatever words I say, even if nobody is responding, that they do see it, you know?
1: yeah so I do well and it's it's I, I always bring it back to I always like to bring it back to the podcast because it's the best example of, of something that we've created and was have been able to see like the fruits of our labor type of thing where you may not oftentimes you're not aware how much you're helping someone else by doing the things that you do like the, the podcast for example I mean we've gotten, a number of personal, you know, direct messages and emails and things like that of people's, you know, talking about how it's the podcast has helped them, even if it's just being able to identify with somebody else of what they're going through to let them know that they're not crazy, that they are other people who are experiencing similar you things. You think
0: that will be enough for me, right? <laughs> I helped, and you know, I think that's Ba-da. oh, I'm
1: sorry. No, it's okay. gone.
0: No, see, I think that's how it always happens. Like, I first idealize something like, I'm going to help people. You know what? I don't care if no one listens. If I just help one person, that's good. Right. No, that's wonderful. And then when, nope, when I have, like, <laughs> five people that listened in, like, three weeks, I'm just like, wait a minute. Now nobody <laughs> like, what, what am I doing that's this That's what was funny because was, at first you were like... It, I'm it, done. I'm quitting. <laughs> at first you were
1: like, if I can just help one person, that'll make it all worthwhile. And then...
0: But, it, you know, I do believe that.
1: I yeah. really, it's and like right I, now, right now, I believe,
0: I, I have to kind of see it in those ways because when you, um, and those are coping mechanisms. Right. I think that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit more the coping mechanism of um, idealizing something and then devaluing something. Right. Um, and I think they come up when we have a really big emotional um, stress. Um, you want to look for a way to, I guess, rationalize it in a certain way. So if I say, you know, um, (laughs) I only helped this one person. (laughs) No, I think it's, it's those two extremes that I want to go to. Oh my God, nobody cares about me. I haven't done anything. I shouldn't have done this one. Or, oh my gosh, I did it. It's wonderful. Instead of Trying to find that gray area. That's the hardest part for me. It like it, it feels like I just kind of go back and forth right. between those. I'm just trying to be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's be a little optimistic because we can't be all the way, you know, pessimistic and
1: then all the way, like, you well, know, idealistic. We have to find some kind of... And I see you doing that in real life all the time. Like, you know, I sometimes you're when you're feeling really down and you're, you know, you're talking about how if we continue with this example you know nobody's responding to me i'm like i'm trying to communicate with someone and they're not responding it's this or that and then right afterwards you stop for a second you're like well no it's okay you know there could be going on something else there you know you kind of like walk yourself back i do a lot of
0: self-talk self-talk
1: yeah well i do i also do
0: a lot of um negative self-talk, too. And those are very intrusive thoughts. You know, it's not... um You know, uh, uh, uh trigger warning times. Oh, you should kill yourself. You should do... You should, you know... You should jump... You know, I've, I've looked out the bathroom window. You should jump out the bathroom window. Nothing's gonna work out. You know, you you should... You know, just go on to sleep all day. You're nothing. Ugh. And, and it, it... What I mean by intrusive is that they just keep coming through. No matter if you just kind of talk back to them like no no i'm not it it feels like they're so loud they won't go away Mm. so i've and i think you've noticed like sometimes i say that stuff out loud like i just hate it i hate all people i hate people people are just they're all evil you know how could they do this how could they they you know have all this evil around just be okay with it why are they all like this but yeah the thing you have to do is try to find a a great area try to remember that Everything you know, if you hear yourself saying everything is like this, or um, this happens every time, you know, um, what are some, some more things? Uh, I don't know, everybody, when you're making those mm-hmm. general, uh, generalizations, are those Bright. called weasel <laughs> words? <laughs> some people, I guess, some people, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I guess when you're, yeah, when you're making it super broad,
1: and then typically when I'm like well, that seems like black and white thinking or like, you know, it's not true. You know, that's not true. But then it's like, you can't help yourself, but voice it still. And it's
0: important. I've learned it's important to challenge those voices, even if you can't shut them up all the way. Like every Mm. time you hear them say something, you've got to respond to like, Nope. It isn't that way. That's not true.
1: You know. Um, so it's okay for you. For you, you think it's okay to voice them out, so long as. But also, you want to respond to them, and not just let them sit there and take over your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, and then you do that a lot. You know, if you're stressed or something is bothering you, you voice it out, and then you're like, well, no, um, this is not right because mm-hmm. of this and this. So
0: this is, uh, splitting. Splitting is a. A term that is used in psychiatry to describe the inability to hold opposing thoughts feelings or behaviors beliefs. you know so when you you know split into one of those those two groups everything is a hundred percent true and great and wonderful everything is a hundred percent false
1: ugly and and evil say so for example white people are all racist is that a splitting phrase? Is that a splitting term?
0: Well, back in the... the... <laughs> no, that was... And you know what? That's that's never or, been or, true. Because right. there's there's always been abolitionists. There's not always been... And white people are not all racist, right? That's a big generalization. Mm-hmm. You can't say that, That's That's never always been true. Even in the past, I'm sure there have always been people that thought slavery was wrong. People mm-hmm. that thought racism were wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, it sometimes it feels like when you um, and I guess those are stereotypes
1: stereotypes about certain people yeah um, well let's certain just, groups this mm-hmm. is another example for like this sort of uh, splitting um, thing like for example um, a person who may not like their professor if they're mm-hmm. going to college or something mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we can't even really explain what is it about the other person that creates some friction between us but You know, when you, there's a difference between knowing that maybe you're not like super, like you're never going to get super along, but then going the step further and saying that person is a bitch or that person is evil and they're just trying to sabotage my life. Yeah, I mean, that's,
0: (laughs) and you were asking before we started, Chris, I (laughs) I was trying to understand what you were asking. You were saying,
1: Do you have to start with? Right. So I was questioning the the phrase, the word splitting in the definition of it. For me, I was trying to um, understand if to do to have this splitting um, effect meant that you had to go from looking at someone as good. To the polar opposite, as looking at, and seeing that same person as bad but or like evil. vice evil, right, or vice versa. If
0: you like start somewhere and then move right, somewhere right.
1: else. I didn't know if splitting meant that you had to go at the one eighty on either way. Are oh, no, you
0: just splitting? And, but, <laughs> <She's> yeah,
1: <one. laughs> but it's not. You know, as we as we've learned that it it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go from one or the other. Splitting just allows to readily discard things as bad or good. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of times it starts off kind of gray, you know? Um, And we had an example uh, in the Discord that I thought was really great about splitting. You know, it starts off kind of gray, you know, if you have a teacher Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: at your school, you walk in, the teacher, you don't really have any... um, If you don't really know the teacher, you don't really have any negative or positive things to say about it. It's just kind of like what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, There was somebody in our... Um, in this room that said, you know, my teacher is a total bitch. And she put it in capital and, and bold. She made up her mind. She is a bitch. I was trying to help another student and the teacher told me that I should be quiet and not talk unless she's talking to me. hmm And... She said that it cost her hours of emotional strain. You know, she, um... She had to take a like a depression nap. She's really worried about it because she's gonna have to deal with this teacher for the next year and a half.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I I empathize with that a lot. You know, having a boss or somebody you work with Mm. or you know, that you have to preach be in the same area with who you really just don't like, but you have to be around, you know? Unless you quit what you're doing right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so I I really did empathize with that because I've felt that way before that I can't even I feel like I can't go to sleep (laughs) I can't go to sleep (laughs) because I'm just so worried about this person they're emotionally draining me Mm -hmm. but in my uh, response to that I I think that the, the most important thing to do is to try to take away negative names for for people if you can try not to call you know somebody a uh, a bitch or or an asshole you know somebody that you have to be around mm-hmm. <laughs> even if they are you know once you attribute those things to them you'll never be able to see anything else yeah. you know so instead i would i would Use rational acceptance in, in a situation like that. Hmm. What is rational acceptance? Well, you have to look back at our other episodes to say <laughs> because you should you should already know. Rational acceptance means that you're it's a DBT skill where you accept or acknowledge that something is what it is, so that you can lessen your suffering. So in this example, I would say you know, instead of saying my teacher is a bitch, she hates me, and every time I talk, you know, just thinking uh, these, these negative thoughts, we say, I don't always see eye to eye with my teacher, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of my teacher, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, that's something great, I really like, it. I don't see eye to eye with my <laughs> teacher all the time, but my goal is to get past these class, get good grades. And that's what I have to focus on.
1: Mm-hmm. If,
0: you know, because if you keep thinking about how can I change this situation? What can I do? I can't do anything about it. I'm stuck here. She's always going to be this way. I can't change her personality. I can't let her know what's going on with me. This hurts. What am I going to do? It's just going to keep with you.
1: Mm-hmm. You need to
0: accept a person is the way that they are. And then, mindfully use your wise mind. Take a, a second to look around and see which way you need to go. I mean, look—if somebody is bad, they're verbally abusing you, putting you down. Always, yes. I think I think you should probably think about getting away. You know. Well. But if. if but that's abuse. So that's. Yeah, a little bit yeah. A different I mean, place. that's that's. Yeah. That's different. But if someone's saying things like, "Hey, pay attention in class," you know, "Don't talk when I'm talking," you know, those. Those that could come that could feel negative, but it could also be a positive thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Maybe the teacher's just trying to do their job, you know, or maybe maybe you were talking and and nobody else could hear and you um you didn't notice. I mean, not that we want to place blame on anybody, I don't want to say like anybody's wrong or right in this situation, but we have to remember those gray areas, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have to remember that because everything.
1: Or the teacher could be stressed at that time and she's just you know overly stressed so Mm -hmm. she wanted to you know have quiet uh it it is kind of um as a part-time instructor (laughs) in in the past for me it can be oh and i've also done lectures uh, for work Mm -hmm. so it can be a little bit distracting and um sometimes just well, I guess distracting would be the worst word, to have, you know, people talking while you're talking um, or looking around and doing other things because then you're like, it gets into your mind, you're like, oh my God, you're not doing a good job. You're not keeping their attention. Um, You know, your mind can wander in that direction too. So I can understand, I can see that point of view. At the same time, you know, I've been in the situation where I've (laughs) had teachers tell me to shut up because I was talking. While, I w- while they were talking, and it, in in a similar situation, I was trying to help somebody else. You know, somebody else didn't hear what they said, so I was telling them. And then I was like, Christian, you shut up, or not, not in those ways, but it, it felt oh, that way. Like, wow, yeah. You know, it yeah. feels that way because yeah. when you're called out in the middle, you you feel called out. You're yeah. like, there's a spotlight on you. And you know, that's
0: when there's. A thousand ways that could have been viewed by the teacher. The teacher could have been looking up at the board and turned around and saw you Mm -hmm. talking, didn't understand what was going on, saw you talking to your friend and thought it was this. And we start mind reading that the the teacher doesn't like us. Whoa, the teacher said this to us because they don't like us. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of, you get caught because it's, it's also, it, it becomes hard because you really can't talk to this person about this. Mm. They're just going to say, maybe you're too sensitive or something, you know? Yeah. And how are you going to go up to your teacher like, hey, you did this, you know, when you, when you said this hurt my feelings, but really I was doing this. It can start more of a confrontation. Right. So in a situation like that, it's time to radically accept something and then realize there's probably nothing you can really do about this situation, situation. right mm-hmm. here. But going forward, mm-hmm. you know, you just need to keep keep that in mind. Because everybody, um, also gave, and I think we talked about this to Dear Man, mm-hmm. um, how to have a, um, sort of like when you have a, not an argument, but like a disagreement with somebody. You know, you kind of describe the problem, um what is it describe the po- problem explain what's go- um, what the problem is um, apologize if you have to Lou
1: did it um. De- so dear man describe express assert reinforce be mindful that's uh, mindful for M <laughs> and then appear confident and negotiate there's so on with none that means I know what that
0: means? Well, you know, I I thought that these would be two skills that could be used in a situation like that, because when your emotions are are high, it can be hard to communicate with somebody. And your emotions can be high, you know, if, if the teacher did this to you, and even if you do radical acceptance and kind of, you know, use that to kind of help lessen your stress, you could be a little um, apprehensive about Approaching the teacher, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of conversation you're gonna have with them and think you already have in the back of your mind You don't like them. So dear man is a really good way to kind of keep yourself um, Honest in your in your emotions honest and it's is basically for when you have a a problem uh, with somebody correct It's objective effectiveness mm-hmm. um, Or skill to get what you want You know so, you don't, I mean, I don't think that this is something that you'd have to go step by step by step by step with your, your teacher and right. do but I think it's something that's good to review, and just remember, you know, you want to describe how you're feeling, you want to be um, assertive, you know, assertive doesn't mean being mean, it just means telling somebody what you want in a respectful way, you want to be assertive, you want to reinforce it if you have to, stay mindful, appear confident.
1: Um, this kind of reminds me of when I was in college, too, and, you know, I've, sometimes mm-hmm. I remember, I can't remember who, but I would remember hearing, always communicate with the teacher, so even if it's after the class. So maybe this is this, it could be like, you know, sending an email to your teacher after class and saying, you know, uh, hey, I, I just wanted to apologize for, it, you know, talking over class. I wasn't aware that I was being disrespectful or disrespectful or... um what is it called disturbing others mm-hmm. I was just I was trying to help another student who was lost or something I, you know I, I'm sorry I'll um, try try—I'll try to be mindful moving forward and just wanted to apologize yeah then that you know that uh, what is it called uh, reduces the tension it lets the teacher know that you're aware that you've heard what she said but also it explains for what your actions were why you took the, the actions that you were doing at that time yeah It creates, like, a good, uh, I think, a good buffer with with the teacher. I remember, um, for me, um, it was something that I kind of worked on a lot. Once I learned the the good effects it can have on you with taking that route of communicating with teachers, Mm -hmm. it just did wonders for me because I was... You know, anytime something came up, I was able to communicate with them. And they were, most of the time, teachers are very understanding. And they want to help you. Uh, they want to help you do great in their class because that reflects great on them as yeah. well. Yeah, I
0: think I think it's, I think I've told you this story before. I was always, like, really bad at math. And in college, I was in my um when I was thinking college algebra I was like in my algebra professor's office like every day I I just I just did not understand that stuff I hated it but he saw me trying and I got a C yay did I deserve (laughs) it I don't know he's like man (laughs) I went to his office and I said "All right, dude now he said well you've been here every day (laughs) and my sister told me about that my sister said if your teacher sees you trying you know they're more like but if they if they see you making F F F and you're not coming to them trying to figure out what you can do differently trying to then they're not gonna care. So, you know, it it is hard when somebody puts you on the spot and that almost embarrasses you so much, gives you a negative perception of them, mm-hmm. almost a negative perception of, of your yourself a little bit. You're like, How could I be wrong? Right. How could I be wrong helping somebody? Right. So it, it can be difficult to reach out to a teacher for that, and especially like after but then the, after that that time, the teacher may have even forgotten about it, right. depending on the um, the class. So that's why I feel like it's something that, um, <laughs> in my BPD mind, I was saying normal people would just move on, you know? <laughs> but us with BPD, we're like, what? That wasn't fair? And that's right. why I feel like you have to do radical substance, like, hey, it wasn't fair. I know what I was doing you know what, I need to keep going through this class. This is not the important thing. The important thing is the information in the, the class. The goal. Right? Yes. That's, that's what, what you need to keep putting into your head.
1: That's what I was going to say. The, mm-hmm. y, if you go back to what your, your goal is, if you identify what your goal is, that will help you move forward. Yeah. And then also, you know, if you're like, okay, well, my goal is to get good grades in this class and graduate. What well, is going to help me? Um, you know, and then maybe that will help you release some of those bad thoughts about the other person and say you know if i send this email apologizing and she you know responds back in a positive way maybe that'll take away some of that bad um energy that we have towards that Mm -hmm. person i had a i had a friend in college who (laughs) we um we had the same uh teacher for graphic design Mm -hmm. and he just did not get along with her at all and i the first year I took her, I didn't get along with her either because I was battling um, depression and I was going through my coming out phase. So I was mm-hmm. depressed and I wasn't doing my work. I wasn't going to class and yada yada. Yeah, so, love of you course know. she's not going to like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to class regularly. When I'm there, I, I can't concentrate on things. So I'm not doing my work to the best of my ability because I'm depressed and I'm dealing with all of the other, other things. So, you know, she was like, oh, you know, that guy. But then I took, after I came back from taking my year break from college, and I, you know, actually, I remember apologizing to her when I took, because I was like, I was so worried because I had to take her class again because it was an intro. She was the only one teaching it. Mm-hmm. So I was like so worried. And I just, you know, I went up to her after class, after the first class, and I, and I told her, I was like, you know, I, want, I wanted to apologize. For, uh, I'm not sure if you remember me, but I took your class last year or a year and a half ago. And I wasn't doing my work. I, and I told her basically I was battling depression and I was struggling to come out, so I couldn't concentrate on what I needed to do. And she was like, "Wow, I had no idea. You know, um, thank you for you know talking to me and letting me know." And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, and she actually did say, "She's like, I do remember you. I always thought, you know, I was like, he he was doing so great because he had heard great things about me from other teachers." And then he was, she was just perplexed as to why I was doing so poorly in her class. And she was, you know, at, from that moment on, we had a great working relationship. And I was, you know, sometimes she would get onto me a little bit. But uh, I, I think, think that humanized both of us. I think that's
0: great because it can help her think, you know, twice about a student that's, you know, sort of like students yeah. in elementary school um, that are getting bad grades or, or acting up and maybe more... I mean I it's think any often. Any grade or any Any age You know If right. you're doing something You know Destructive I guess Or self-destructive It's probably because There's something else Something going on yeah. And a lot of times You know Those kids just get punished Put into a corner Um Man I it, I was really lucky to have Some teachers that Did
1: care Not all teachers do But mm. Yeah you know, There are There you, are some You learn to appreciate those that do give you that great experience anyways let's shall we continue (laughs) Uh, moving on from college years and elementary years (laughs) um, what were we talking about splitting and being mindful um, and how that can help you come back from those right extreme um, what do you call it extreme uh, what is that word Thoughts? But yeah, thoughts, yeah, thoughts, thoughts, yeah. intrusive, thoughts. extreme thoughts about you know doing someone being completely good or completely evil. So, you know, if you had those feelings, you know, I, I guess what well, what would you say the best approach is to, to stop, right? To stop having them. No, okay. well, just. To... <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's the end of the episode, yes. guys. Just, just stop. Just what you don't feel. do it. That's it. It's well, easy. I mean, there's. I think uh, mindfulness, practicing mindfulness, mm-hmm. is a good way to to help. We have a mindfulness exercise uh, on the the podcast. I hope we can do some more. Um, and being in the moment in, in some things, you know, getting some tea, coffee. Those, those are my favorite things to go to tea, and just focusing on the the flavor of the tea, the heat, focusing on those things. Um, Kind of calm down your mind. Uh, checking the facts is really important, mm. you know, because most of the time when you're saying those extreme things, they're not true. Um, so you need, be to, true, yeah, but they're you need to partially true, but they're exaggerated. You need to check the facts when you hear that voice. You need to be like, is that true? And you're gonna be like, well, I mean, it's not. It's not true for everybody, but you know, most people I've seen, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not. And opposite action is really good too when Mm -hmm. i start splitting and devaluing things and it just feels so depress depressing and i can almost start to put it on everyone that i know every person that i don't know every person that i see and again that's that's a lot of my avoidant tendencies because i've had negative um interactions with with people um and I don't want to go through that. Or or I've idealized people and then they do something and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just like everyone else. What was I thinking? And it's hurtful. It's also hurtful when someone, like like the teacher, when someone does something to you and you really can't tell them. You know, if, if you did something to me, Chris, then I would tell you, hey, Chris, you did that and that hurt, that hurt my feelings when you did that. But if somebody else does something, I feel like I'm expected to use a DBT skill to kind of not show on the outside what's going on to kind of control my reaction. I don't have to tell them, you know, hey, you're making me feel this way or something. You know, just internalize it a little bit.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's definitely easier to let you know how I'm feeling than Mm -hmm.
1: other people. Well, you have a we have a bond now so I think that kind of creates a safe zone for you to be able to know that you can say something to me in a safe way where you're not where I'm not gonna react in a negative way that what you say matters yes yeah. I finish with opposite action I don't think I said what the opposite action was anyway
0: I, oh. I'm not sure I was just saying like uh, laying down in the bed you said I feel like take, laying down the bed and having a nap but the opposite action would be getting Exercise. up exercise yeah exercise getting up walking doing something productive kind of forcing yourself to do the do the opposite thing you kind of you know I, I I feel like laying in the bed or I will lay in the bed I'll be like okay come on we have to do what is the opposite of doing this getting out of the bed well that's boring but okay you know <laughs> all these little mind games I play with myself to keep myself up so
1: do you <laughs> would you appreciate someone pushing you to do the opposite action or is that something that you feel like you kind of have to get to on your own? I feel
0: like most of the skills are things that I really have to get to myself. I feel like I feel like if when you tell me about a skill uh, or you tell me to use a skill, it feels almost like condescending a little bit. Like it's just you know, and maybe that's how it feels to other people. I think when they say something, you're like, "Well, just use radical acceptance." Like, oh yeah, that's easy, perfect. You know, that fixes my problem now. And you All know right, what? Right. There are some situations where radical acceptance does not help me. It does not work. But there are certain situations where it can, and it takes, it takes energy, it takes time, and it takes you. It really does take 100% of you putting in the time to do it. DBT is not going to work by you just kind of, you know, Reading listening and just see, you. You have to actually practice it. And you really can practice these skills every day. You know, so we're gonna take care of ourselves. Believe that. Believe in there. There's a gray area. You know that everything isn't one way or the other way. And Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what is going on, or or what you expect someone else's reaction to be, you have to remember what your goal is. You know, there have been posts that I've put on social media or on the group that a lot of people have answered or nobody has. And there's been times in the Discord where I put stuff. Mostly in the Discord, is not, not a lot of chatter. You know? <laughs> not a lot of chatter. Um, but that's the same thing in my personal life. You have to remind yourself that this isn't a... Referendum on, on you and what people think about you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My goal is to share the information that I have, help people if I can. And I always feel like there are always people looking on and listening on social media. So when I do answer questions um, or if somebody shares information uh, or if you share some information in the group, or something, there's always somebody who is able to see that. You know, I like the group because I can like actually see when people look at stuff. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh look, 30 people looked at this, but nobody did it. <laughs> nobody did a like or a heart. What? I mean, what's <laughs> It plays with my BPD, so I'm like, why does nobody like this? But it's not, it's, I don't think it's anything like that. I think that you know, I in the same In the same breath i am in a lot of groups um that i'm just uh i'm just sitting back and just watching you know and i might put a like and then run away you know so the important thing is there are people that want to support us right chris there are people that are in our discord that are in our facebook group that do listen to us and we're able to help them by giving them a little a little piece of of our knowledge and our relationship and well even if you don't always hear i'm not done Chris. hold on okay even if you don't hear all the feedback
1: that's okay are you done are you done now
0: because feedback isn't what's important if you could just reach one if you can just reach one could you imagine if a pastor said that in his church? If I could just have one member. <laughs> if I could just have one member, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Whatever, give me a mega church. If <laughs> oh I could just convert one. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's
1: like I mentioned before to you is in that he, when you're doing something like this, you're not even fully aware of how far-reaching you go uh, you are mm-hmm. how many people you help or you know you you validate just by us talking just by us expressing what we're going through and and those are and those matter too not just the people who actually respond to you and i, I was just thinking also like with the our podcasts,
0: our youtube videos um oh, YouTube. all that stuff, <laughs> all that stuff will be up for years yay for years to forever to let people see, um, you know, Chris, what we're going through, what it's like to be a multiracial gay couple in the South, where one is struggling with BPD, depression, and anxiety, and the other one is his loving caretaker for the rest of his life. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's for <laughs> posterity, and that means that this. This will show people. What I've always hoped is that this can show people that you can have BPD or any mental health issue, and still have a loving relationship with someone who understands what you're going through. And I don't, I don't walk all over Chris. I don't always get what I want. I don't let him. You hear that? But. I said, He does love and understand me because I fuck up (sighs) and make mistakes all the time because my brain is, it's a, it's a struggle. And even though I have DBT, you know, it's, uh, well, it's such a struggle. Like if I, if I yell at you or get mad at you, I kind of feel like, oh my God, that's all everyone's going to see. They're going to feel like I'm walking all over him. I just, he um, doesn't, but you know. That's, no,
1: that's not true. <laughs> well, I, I was just, just going to say, you know, I know it's a struggle for you, but it's also a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not... I don't want people to think. I don't want people to put me on a pedestal, like I tell you. Don't um, worry. You know <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't always respond appropriately or as the best optimal way. Um, you know, sometimes I do... I even... I deal with my own personal stuff, my own feelings and insecurities and, you know, um, anxieties I'm and I'm pretty things. sure when I saw that,
0: you know, part of like, an anxiety attack when you got depressed, that was a big turnoff for me. First time I saw that, I was like, well, oh, I don't
1: know.
0: Um, I, don't I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm sure, you know, when I started, I idealized you. I'm sure, oh, you know, when I started it. to see <laughs> some of you depression, I was like, what? why? Why he you get anxious? What? Right. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Is enough. I was like, we can't have two people with BP. That might be too much. You, know, you help me. No, you help me, <laughs> Chris. You, you're not allowed to get diagnosed with anything, Chris. We keep Chris away from the psychologist. We don't have the money. We don't have the time. I need help. But it's it's just like any other marriage. It's a partnership, and it can be done. And it takes a lot of work
1: from both it takes, people. they not yeah. just one. Because. It takes
0: managing some some reaction, some emotions how you see things I feel like constantly my thing is just running to you know oh you know I, I can I can hear the voice oh just kill yourself oh you don't you don't matter you know and I know that's untrue I know it's untrue but I start to to buy into it so I think the real important things that have helped me is having Chris around to help me challenge those feelings first I have to tell him about it because he won't he probably won't be able to see it on me or, or well, I hear can, my voice, or, I you can, know, hear, hear my mind.
1: Sometimes I can sense when you're not well. Like, so, you know, sometimes your demeanor changes a little bit. Uh, and, I mean, you do a pretty good job of hiding emotions and, you know, putting on a happy face. Until I'm ready to tell you a look for help. You know? No, not all the time. No, <laughs> yeah, not all some, the time. Sometimes it can go all that, the way where... But that's what I mean. Bad, that's so. what I mean that it's... I mean... Like we say, we people are not mind readers. So if you're struggling with something, you have to voice it so that you can get some help. Um, even if it's your lifelong partner, you can still hide things from them. If and if you want some help, um, it is not necessarily like, oh, I need you to help me get over this depression. It's like, I just need to talk about it because talking about it is the first step. You know, um, but. You know, sometimes you do break a little bit, and like I can sense a change in your in your demeanor or something. And I try to talk to you, but then you push me away. But you know, like nothing's wrong; it's everything's okay. I think because
0: that's that's another thing with BPD. I I believe too when you want to take care of everything yourself. I think. Um, and it may come from childhood where I was just like, okay, well, nobody cares about how I feel and my emotions, I'll just keep it to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to, and it, it's it's a self-destructive thing, because I'm just like, well, nobody cares. Which is not true. I'm my, my brother, my sister, you care, but I'm just like, well, no, just go on and keep it to myself. I'm just gonna stress everyone out, and they're gonna be worried about me, and they're gonna, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse, and I'm like, well, I can take care of it. I'm still doing good. You know, pass me that alcohol. Let me, <laughs> let me get a little bit, I'm good, I'm good, you know? So it's it's a conundrum because you're so used to just you know so yeah i that's something that we we all need to learn to do reach out for support um and you can do that there there's so many services like 7 cups and talk space where you can talk to somebody for free um just, you can just message us yeah just talk to somebody message. post in the group I'm not even mad if you post in the group and don't respond. <laughs> if you post in any group and don't respond, I'm not mad. I will get a little devalued sometimes, <laughs> but it doesn't happen all the time. It kind of depends on where my <laughs> where my head is at, at that yeah. time. Because this has happened this has happened before, um, but sometimes I think when things are happening to me and I already feel like oh nobody likes me. Right. When I this happens, I'm like oh it. god, it's true. It accumulates <laughs> things. Because I remember, it's okay to it's okay to vent and tell people, you yeah. know, what's going on. Because it helps all of us when we can try to look for solutions. Because I I hope other people don't want to feel this way. I hope that you that you know we want to lessen feeling this way. We don't want to stay there. Right. We want to get out. So
1: I think people are like that.
0: They, they don't want to feel that way. It's just hard. Oof. Yes, it is. It is a struggle, but. We would like to start a DBT skills group. So, if you will stop by borderlineidealist slash skills, fill out our questionnaire. Oh, Chris, you know we forgot to tell them that I think there's a there's a free sticker that you can get or a shout out.
1: Oh yeah. Wow, great. Okay, sure. At the
0: 54 minutes <laughs> in. You can choose to get a free sticker, a shout out, or your both. Prize Isn't that
1: nice? Just for taking the time to do the questionnaire. Yeah, and if
0: you listen to the entire episode, you'll hear about the gift. Isn't that nice? <laughs> you know, but you take the questionnaire, it'll it'll be the last question, so. Thank you guys. And we will talk to you next Sunday. Alright. Bye.
1: Bye bye.